So, welcome to th room 305 Reflections. It's no secret that I love tie-dye. I have piles of tie-dye shirts, and wearing them makes me feel so happy, basically thanks to the ability to show off a sprawling array of colors. However, I don't actually know how to make tie-dye, or anything about it for that matter. One of my most memorable experiences was finding my first tie-dye shirt at Goodwill. It was white with blue and pink spots, and the vibrant kaleidoscope of color spiraling all the way to each sleeve captivated me and turned me into a tie-dye fanatic. At this point, I forgot how to do tie-dye, but I started to recollect my times at summer camp when I created a yellow and purple, I know, lopsided design. But you know what? I was proud that I could wear something that was once a simple cotton tee from Hobby Lobby. My fleeting memories of tie-dye creation led me to an even greater understanding and obsession with tie-dye. By remembering these colorful moments, my favorite aspect shifted to the fact that these shirts were made and enjoyed by someone else, just as I once did. At times, I zoned out, realizing that whoever made the shirt is a real person, filled with complex emotions and personal traits. Instead of being from some factory, wearing the art of another human gives a deeper meaning to wearing tie-dye. In spite of my deep and admittedly strange connection to tie-dye, I didn't know a single thing about it. That bothered me tremendously. So now, I'm practically an expert of the sorts on the history of tie-dye. According to the article, the entire history of the tie-dye shirt from the Adair group, tie-dye was mentioned as far back as ancient Asia. The Chang dynasty of China were no strangers to coloring their garments in the 6th century, and they used colors derived from berries and flowers which they boiled in hot water to create a design similar to tie-dye. As the Shang Dynasty addressed the dye aspect of tie-dye, the first record of tying was used in 6th century India. By using a process known as bandhani, Indian people would tie off different areas of their clothing before dyeing them, which would create fam the famous crashing waves of color still seen in tie-dye today. In America, tie-dye rose to prominence in the Roaring Twenties, as it was a cheap way to decorate almost any cloth or cotton item. This phenomenon continued into the 60s after the hippie movement started to gain momentum. Behind influential artists like Jerry Garcia, who hopped on the colorful train of spirals and stripes, America's free-spirited hippies followed. The idea that one shirt could be completely unique and untethered from the expectations of anyone else complemented the hippie lifestyle of escaping societal norms. In the Today article, Tide Dye is making a major comeback right now. Christy Callahan explains that the recent popularity of Tide Dye is closely related to quarantine. After many dark days trapped inside, many one-day hobbyists threw their hats into the Tide Dye ring. Similarly to many others, my love for Tide Dye formed during quarantine, and its lonely repercussions created a need for color and brightness. Tide Dye is fascinating. And I never thought simply wearing a garment of clothing could seemingly make me feel as though I was wearing the love creation of another human. Learning the history of tie-dye has expanded my obsession, and I feel inspired to try tie-dyeing my own clothing. If I learn, I can live on the ways of the hippies, combining colors that shouldn't go together, except yellow and purple, and creating a special article of clothing unmatched by anyone else in the entire universe. And maybe, one day, my shirt could end up in a goodwill just waiting for someone like me to give it a new, effervescent life. I give tie-dye 5 out of 5.